Welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Meet him, greet him, treat him, and street him. Today's date is January 22nd, 2014, and I am your skeptical host, Ken Milne. The title of today's podcast is Nitrous Oxide, It's a Gas, Gas, Gas. And we have a guest skeptic today, the newest member of the Beam Dream team, Dr. Josh Williams. Say hello to the SGM audience, Josh. Hello there, SGM audience. Wow, that sounded really enthusiastic. You must be tired from all the skiing you've been doing. Exhausted. So, I don't know if I'll be able to walk out of the room after this. So tell me, Josh, how did you get involved in the uh, BEAM project? Well, it's a long, convoluted story, so I'm going to jump right to the end. I think we would appreciate that. It is only a 20-minute podcast. Well, I just kept showing up to ski beams until they asked me to talk. Great. But um, weren't you a graduate of McMaster University? I was way back when. I was a graduate uh, along with several of the other BEAM Dream Team members. And so that's how they found out that you were a high-quality, clinically relevant person and ready to participate in the BEAM project? You might say they created the high-quality, clinically relevant person that I am today. So you're a product of the program? Indeed. So now where are you? What are you doing now? Because you're not still at McMaster, are you? No. I uh, moved out west, working at uh, Kelowna General Hospital in Kelowna, British Columbia. Also working up at Big White at a little local ski patrol hut, which I'll tie into this case. Okay, so why don't you give us this case scenario, because you wanted to make it clinically relevant to Ski Beam, so why don't you give us that clinical case scenario? Okay, you're working at the hut. It's a one-room, small ski patrol hut, kind of austere. Uh, Ski patrol brings you in a 46-year-old snowboarder. He comes in after falling, injuring a wrist. He has an obvious deformity of his right wrist. He's neurovascularly intact, but he's in moderate pain. It's a 45-minute transfer down to the city emergency department. So I guess the question for the today's podcast is, how does nitrous oxide compare to medical air, yes, that's in air quotes, for pre-hospital treatment of adults with traumatic acute pain? Josh, what's the story? What's the background on nitrous oxide? How did we end up considering nitrous oxide as a reasonable treatment in this case anyways? Well, I mean, I think we all kind of know nitrous oxide has been around for quite a while. Um, It's been studied fairly well in children. Uh, And there's been a few lower methodological studies uh, in pre-hospital medicine as well in adults, but nothing really of the quality that we'd like to see. I thought most of the stuff came out of dentists. Aren't dentists the ones that push the gas? There's lots of dental literature in this, for sure. But we don't have emergency medicine literature, and we want some (coughs) internal validity. We can't extrapolate from the dental literature or the children's literature necessarily for adult patients. Indeed, I think the big issue here was the generalizability to our population. So it's nice that we have a study to go through to at least look at the pre-hospital setting uh, with regards to nitrous oxide. So what was the reference that you presented at Ski Beam? So the reference is nitrous oxide for early analgesia in the emergency setting, a randomized double-blind multicenter pre-hospital trial. A lead author was Jean-Louis Ducasse. Jean-Louis Ducasse. Ducasse. Uh, It's from Academic Emergency Medicine in 2013. So we are cutting that knowledge translation window down from 10 years to under one year, because this was just published within the last year. Absolutely. So what population were they looking at so we know whether we can apply it to our situation? So it was a prospective randomized double-blind multicenter controlled trial of 60 adult French patients who suffered moderate uh, and self-rated pain, four to six out of 10, 
uh, as a result of a traumatic injury. Now somebody actually at the conference when you presented this said this does not represent the people they see in their emergency department because nobody on a scale of one to ten when asked by the triage nurse says ah, about a four. You know they're usually saying my pain is eleven. Indeed, uh, you have to take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Perhaps the population is different being from France. Yeah, maybe. So um, important when you're looking at a population, what was the exclusion criteria? Who did they exclude from examining in this study? I think it was pretty reasonable. Their contraindications were those that had a contraindication mostly to nitrous, nitrous oxide itself. So people with intracranial hypertension, unconsciousness, pneumothorax, recent eye surgery, other disorders where involving accumulation of gas in a closed body space is going to be a problem, like emphysema, intestinal ileus, sinusitis, facial trauma. They also excluded um, folks that had had any kind of analgesia within the last six hours and people that were pregnant or included in another trial. Uh, lastly, they included, or sorry, they excluded folks that were not transported to their reference hospital where the study was being done. And then the intervention that they used was a 50% nitrous oxide delivered at 9 liters per minute, correct? Yes. And then they compared that to medical air, so I don't know what medical air means. Is that a special term in France? Uh, no, I think it's just air that comes out of a special pressurized bottle. Okay, and so this was sort of the placebo arm so that nobody knew what they were getting? Exactly. And then what was the outcome? What were their primary outcomes that they were looking at in this study? So there was a single primary outcome, and that was to look at the percentage of patients with pain relief, and that was a numeric pain score of three or less out of 10 at 15 minutes. And so that's good. First of all, that they recognized that somebody was in pain, but then they were looking at a 15 minute. They wanted to know how quickly they could get that person down. Well, not necessarily how quickly, but at least they were checking. They didn't say, oh, let's see what their pain is like at two hours. I mean, these people have moderate pain, so it'd be nice to get some of that pain under control relatively quickly. Now, they had secondary outcomes as well, didn't they? They did, and actually their secondary outcomes, one of them was to look at five and 10 minutes to see if there was a reduction in pain scores there too. Additionally, they looked at uh, some safety stuff, adverse events, uh, as well as patient and investigator satisfaction with the analgesia. So looking at that PICO, the author's conclusions before we jump into the results. So the author's conclusions for this paper were, quote, nitrous oxide is an efficacious means of pre-hospital analgesia for moderate acute pain, end of quote. And Josh, when we look through the quality checklist, because this is a critical review and it's in a systematic approach that we do this critical review, there are 11 questions that we look at when dealing with a randomized control trial. And out of the 11 questions, there was only one that we said, no, this didn't apply. And what was that one area that we thought that did not satisfy our critical appraisal? Well, it's the very first thing on the checklist, actually, and that's the study population included or focused on those in the ED. Because in this paper, uh, their focus was actually on patients in the pre-hospital setting. Okay, so we'll take that in consideration when we uh, uh, interpret their results. What was the main result from their primary outcome? So at 15 minutes uh, of nitrous oxide versus placebo, 67% of patients in the nitrous oxide group reported a numeric pain score of three or less compared to 27% of those in the medical air group. Um, the median pain scores were also lower in the nitrous group after 15 minutes of treatment, a pain score of 2 versus 5. And there was only one patient in the nitrous group that described an adverse event, which was nausea. So from a critical appraisal standpoint, from a beam commentary standpoint, how did you feel about this paper? What were your thoughts on 
the type of paper, how good it was, and the results. Well, this was an excellent paper overall. It was a randomized, double-blind, multi-center trial with good methodology that showed significant results. Reduced pain score of 67% in the treatment group versus 27% in the control. So two-thirds of people got pain control when they were in nitrous oxide, and only a quarter of people when they were getting the medical air. Exactly, and that result was very statistically significant, and I think you would say clinically significant as well. Um, the authors didn't provide absolute numbers or a two-by-two two contingency table or any estimate of the number needed to treat, but the BEAM group did those for you. That's why you need to listen to this type of podcast, because we can take the results and then crank them out and digest them into something that people would understand. So the number needed to treat is a great way to get the message across of how effective this was. So what was the number needed to treat with nitrous oxide to obtain a pain score of three or less within 15 minutes in this trial? It was three. Three people, three. I mean, that's phenomenal, isn't it? That is an excellent number needed to treat for an intervention like this. Now, there was a couple of details or particular important points that you wanted to bring up, though. Absolutely. So, two things important. First off, this is a study of efficacy only. Um, they comment on adverse events, but the study wasn't powered to really look at adverse events, and so safety is still perhaps an issue. Uh, second, this was a trial in the pre-hospital setting, and so you may have difficulty generalizing this to our ED population. Yeah, and you had mentioned that when we talked about the, uh, the 11 critical appraisal questions, that this was a pre-hospital, not an ED setting. I guess further research is uh, required in the ED setting, particularly for safety before nitrous oxide in the ED is the standard of care. Um, nonetheless, though, there is promise for use of this agent without without waiting for IV access with an agent that has demonstrated no adverse hemodynamic changes, few adverse effects, and can be easily titrated. So what was your bottom line? What was your take-home message then, Josh? Though not ready for widespread and routine ED application, nitrous oxide shows promise as an analgesic for moderate traumatic acute pain. And we started off with a 46-year-old snowboarder who presented to this ski hut, right? The hut, not pizza hut. Not Jabba the Hut. Totally different hut. Different hut. Different hut family. So it presented, uh, what did you do? What was the case resolution? So we recognized the patients in pain, provided him with 50% nitrous oxide, splinted him, and transferred him to the local emergency department. Within 15 minutes, his pain had decreased significantly. And he arrived at the emergency department 45 minutes later feeling more comfortable, and x-rays confirmed a fracture, and he was treated appropriately. So how would you um, adopt this into your clinical application? Well, I think if future studies demonstrate safety and efficacy, this could be added as an analgesic option, both in the pre-hospital, but also perhaps in the ED setting. So what do you tell people? I mean, you work in the hut, right? You mm -hmm. work in the hut. That's part of your job. You're up on the hill. You're up on the ski hill. And my understanding is you have canisters. You have these um, resources available. You have the gas on the hill. So what are you telling people when you're taking them off the hill? Well, we use this pretty routinely, actually, at the hut. Um, and patients get it even before they get to the hut. The ski patrol uses it, and we will often supply it en route down to the hospital as well. And, you know, I tell patients this is a very effective means of pain control. It means we don't have to put in an intravenous uh, for your trip down to the hospital, and it will provide good pain control. Great. Well, um, I'd like to move on then to the Keener contest. 
And I'll just announce last week's winner was Dr. James Huffman from Calgary, Alberta. He knew that Dr. Peter Safer or Safer had been nominated three times for a Nobel Prize in Medicine, but never won for his development of CPR. Josh, you came up with a Keener contest. Let's see how easy the audience can answer this question. Oh, I think this is a toughie. Uh, so what 20th century American poet, most famous for his poem, Howl, Ow! was also a big fan of nitrous oxide for personal use. Oh my goodness, you are bringing poetry to the SGEM. I love it, elevating it. Talk about the art of medicine. Well, if you know the answer to this howling good question, just send me an email, the SGEM, at gmail.com with Keener Contest in the subject line. If you are the first person to correctly answer this question, I will send you a cool skeptical prize. Josh, it's been great to have you on the show and great to have you at Ski Beam. We've had a great time at Ski Beam, great EBM, great content, great papers to go through. But on top of that, it has been a great trip to Sun Peaks, an excellent venue, and an amazing hill to be skiing and snowboarding. But don't panic if you weren't able to make it out and join us. There still is Steel Beam coming up and Sweet Beam in Stockholm, Sweden, and of course, Prairie Beam. Josh, would you do me the honor of giving the Skeptic's Guide tagline to take us out? It'd be my pleasure. Remember to be skeptical of anything you learn, even if you heard it on the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Talk to everyone next week.